Hello all and welcome to Athletics Exclusive Up and Running Podcast. Come and join James Coleman, Mitch Dyer, Michael Massini and myself, Lachlan Rayner, as we review and preview some of your favourite athletics meets across the globe. Though we thought we'd start with something a little bit more locally for the first episode. It's everyone's favourite distance running series, the Victoria Milers Club. As we will do prior to every podcast, we will try and let you know when we are recording just so you can keep an understanding of... Uh, if any breaking news happens um, after we do record. But yeah, we are recording this on Wednesday evening, the night before the third Milers Club meet at Hagen Hour Reserve in Box Hill. Um, though before we do that, let's uh, hear from our other presenters and get to know them a little bit. Uh, before we go, um, James Coleman's going to be on the uh, podcast, um, hopefully from episode two onwards. Uh, was a late withdrawal um, a few hours ago, but... Uh, we will have him on from then onwards. But um, first up, Mitch Dyer, um, did you want to introduce yourself a bit? Tell us a bit about your running career. Yeah, good evening, Lockie. Thanks so much for that. Um, very short-lived career, I suppose. So, um, <laughs> yes, I, I, I transferred across uh, from the junior ranks, obviously spent a little bit of time over in America um, at Wake Forest University, where there's a few Australians absolutely tearing it up there at the moment. Um, spent three years there, came back. And, uh, yeah, had, had a long-term battle with whether I hung up the shoes or not um, and have now hung up the shoes completely. So just a little bit of hobby jobbing from my end. Um, but, yeah, had, had a good junior career and didn't quite transfer across to the seniors. So now I'm in the uh, commentary booth trying to trying to do my best to egg everybody else on. How about you, Mick? Give, give us a rundown. Uh, thanks, Mitch. Yeah, well, I guess I'm one of those guys who started little athletics from a young age and hasn't quite let go yet. Um, the best thing that I can sort of hope for now is keep going up in distance. So run a couple of marathons over the past couple of years and still chasing another marathon PB, hopefully get overseas for some eventually, but still got a keen interest in the track. And um, yeah, commentary is probably, probably the part that um, that keeps me hanging on to the track and field stuff. Um, used to work at Little Athletics Victoria with Lockie. Um, so I got a bit of knowledge of the juniors coming through and, um, yeah, keen to see so many familiar names in the Miles Club races. Yeah, and I'll um, just quickly on me, I'm probably similar to Michael. I started off in Little Ass holding on as long as possible as well, but I refusing to go any higher distance than sort of the 1500 meters. Um, so yeah, no, so I try and get around a little bit, try and train in between um, uh, football seasons where I do um, umpiring um, with the AFL, but got out and did a few races. I've found pretty quickly that um, training in the off season or in the footy off season, it was pretty hard to um, train and not want to get back to sort of a, a, a level that I used to um, be at somewhat um, all right as a runner so I'm um, trying to do that but yet um, when I founded Athletics Exclusive and jump into all these live streams and stuff like that that tends to take priority over racing um, I did do the first two milers clubs which we'll talk briefly about to, uh, a little bit later on in the podcast but for the most part um, it is footy I do try and get a race in here or there but um, yeah it's more 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 the Athletics Exclusive stuff and I guess we have been trying to talk about doing a bit of a podcast for a little while now, so it's good to finally get this one underway. Um, we've, we've sort of put a bit of pressure on ourselves. The live stream <laughs> get put together pretty late the day before um, most meets with start lists and different things like that coming out uh, so at Lock, the very last Lock, moment. You, you'd say that we, um, by our three intros, saying that we're sort of, um, we're all pretty, sounding like we're pretty busy people almost saying that we would have made it if, uh, as athletes, if we weren't so busy. Yeah, <laughs> the impression that we're getting, sort of making excuses for ourselves, maybe. Well, it's a shame that James isn't here because he is probably the only proper athlete, or <laughs> current proper athlete in the group. Yes. Um, so just three old retired sort of dudes commentating now, but that's all right. Um, we will uh, move on to the next section because we do want to try and keep this um, pretty uh, brief as well. So I thought... Um, what the aim of the podcast would be is to um, preview and review um, some of our um, favourite meets. Um, tend to be probably some of the ones that we do um, do a bit of the live streaming for. So Athletics Exclusive is live streaming um, the VMC meet tomorrow. But um, I thought we'd just talk about it is the time of the year um, where a lot of the distance runners do go up to Falls Creek. Um, I've just returned um, and I thought we would chat a little bit about 
um, the experiences up there. It was a bit of a different year this year. Um, not as many um, athletes up there as uh, usually is, probably due to the COVID restrictions um, with the border closes and stuff. There was a few New South Wales athletes, not too many Queenslanders from what I saw, um, but a, a few Victorians um, and a few came up a little bit later, sort of after the New Year's period. Um, we do ours. I know Michael is going to have a chat. He jumped up there for a little bit this year, and um, I believe you've been as well before, Mitch, and that you might give a brief overview of your um, stint. But, yeah, we do uh, – the group I'm with, we do it a little bit different. We do a sort of a, a briefer stint. So generally we only stay sort of 12 days and do a three-by-four-day rotation. Um, it's pretty intense. It was a little bit easier this year. Um, but basically what it is is on day one of the four-day rotation we do hills – Day two is a threshold, day three is a 400, and day four is a long run. Um, so uh, this year was a little bit different because I changed the focus a little bit more to try and boost the fitness um, coming out of footy season. Um, the later half of the year is drawn out a fair bit, so I wanted to bump the fitness up a fair bit. So I was averaging about 20Ks a day. So got out, fingers crossed, um, no injuries. <laughs> <laughs> I did that one day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Ooh, done that was all right. Uh, I think I saw you, Michael, up there uh, at least one day. Yeah, so that happened to be my long run day. So the day that you say you did times 12, 20Ks, I I almost got there. I lied. I did 17.5Ks, so I was up there for the for the long yeah, run day. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I um, We always stay at Mount Beauty. And back when um, when I used to train more seriously, I guess, as a junior, um, our training camp with our coach was down down in Mount Beauty, and we'd always come up the up the hill for a couple of sessions. And um, as that training camp's kind of um, fallen by the wayside for myself, the camps actually still exist for um, for some of the junior athletes. Um, I always try and get up to Falls Creek for at least one session, more for nostalgia, I guess, to get amongst it to <laughs> to hang on to yeah. a bit of fitness. So whether it's the one k session or the four hundreds. Um, this year it just happened to be the long run day, um, probably the windiest, rainiest day I heard of the um, of the week or so that people had spent up there to that point. So yeah, it's always it's always good fun getting up to falls and just seeing the um, so many different athletes, so many different levels, and yeah, doing a long run was actually kind of perfect because did get to run with um, run with a few different people along the way and just just have a bit of a chat as well. So. How about you, Mitch? What, when's the last yeah. time you were up at Falls? Look, I, I haven't been at Falls, I reckon. I'm trying to think now that you guys are talking about it. I reckon maybe 2017, 2018. Um, and I sort of came late to Falls. So when I was a junior, my coach at the time wasn't a massive fan of sending um, young athletes up there. But he could also see that as you start to get to that, you know, 17, 18-year-old age, naturally everybody's up there. There's a lot of great benefits in altitude training. So... Um, yeah, we went up. Definitely was too immature to go up the first time I went up. Got pretty uh, heavily invested in the planning of New Year's and things like that. So um, got good training out of it. But it wasn't maybe until I um, w went off to college and came back for that break that year, I got a lot out of it. Um, definitely went up and hit some pretty big sessions. And that's the thing with falls. Like, you can get up there and, and crank out some massive mileage. But a lot of those people tend to come back injured at times. So it's also about just learning your body and learning, you know, when you get up there and you start doing those six by eight K or six, six by K, sorry, eight by one K um, getting into that rhythm of things. It's just figuring it out and understanding that you're probably not going to hit it quite the same as you do at sea level. So yeah, I, I loved it up there. I love the time just chilling out. No one's on the mountain, obviously, because there's no snow. It's just all runners. You're all having a good time. Um, of course, a cheeky New Year's is pretty much fun. Too much of a good time sometimes. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, I loved it. So for any you know young athletes out there, for sure, if you can get up to falls and do it well, it's definitely worthwhile. But if you can hold off and, and just enjoy running still, you know, back home with friends and all that sort of stuff when you're younger, then that's totally fine as well. But hey, can someone tell me? Just I've got a little bit of vested interest in this. Andre Waring, can someone tell me how fit that bloke is? Because all I see on all the photos of the Wolfery is him up there with Grego, with Jack Rayner, with all the big dogs. Yeah. Someone give me a read on that man because he's hot. He's, he's looking very, hot. Very much king of the mountain up there by the by the looks of it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> he's cooking. I love to see it. And it's good. So the, and, and the other good thing about Falls is 
the senior athletes definitely mingle with the junior athletes as well. I mean, I, I know obviously you're doing different sessions and things like that, but like that was a really good chance for at least me. I'm not sure about you boys when younger to mingle with like the Brett Robinsons, the Gregsons, those sort of guys, just to be up close and personal with them. And the Jen Lacazas, the amazing women that get up there as well. Like there's just so much breadth of talent. Um, I, I always get jealous the years I don't get up there. I get a little bit flat. <laughs> I just know how, <laughs> how good it is up there. You do always see see some people go into the sessions as well and almost getting a jog done earlier. I'm talking more, um, you know, the mums and dads or the junior athletes who almost just hang out and watch the 1K sessions. I remember years going up and seeing the likes of Coles Birmingham and Vincent Lawrence and Grego and Stewie just almost do these 1K sessions. And they're um, after the first K, they're already 50 metres ahead of the pack and, it's just yeah. amazing to see these guys, um, yeah, training. And it's even better if you can jump in the same sort of, I guess, session as them. <laughs> oh, 100%. And you and you really get worked out. I remember my first year up there, I just thought like, yeah, I'll just jump in. Go, you know, go up with the front blokes. It'll be fine. Uh, honestly, I, I reckon they put about 500 metres in me by rep three. It was disgusting. <laughs> and so you just get figured out so quickly. And you just learn so much up there. So I get a bit... I get a bit flat when I miss it. I love falls. I love the New Year's. I love it all. So I get a little bit flat <laughs> whenever I miss falls. But that's okay. It's good to see the boys up there cooking. A lot of boys are going to be able to come back for this next meet after this one and be absolutely flying. So it's going to be fantastic to see the benefits of it. And do you boys remember any races? Were you guys racing this quickly after falls? Do you remember um, any races from uh, times that you had spent um, up there and then got back were you feeling pretty fit or um, did you tend not to race this close to getting back from a sort of a bigger case thing yeah i um i definitely um in 2014 sorry it would be the beginning of 2015 i had a really good stint up there i um yeah put in some really good training had a really good time came back and actually ran my 1500 meter pb to this date only a week and a half after getting back from falls. So there's a lot of stuff of people being like, don't race too soon after falls and things like that. But I think depending on how you trained and the consistency in which you trained up there is going to indicate whether or not you're ready to race. Um, and for someone like me, I just loved racing. It didn't matter what it was. I just needed a race. So that always benefited me. I don't know about you, Mick, but um, yeah, I, I always got a lot of value out of racing quickly after it. Yeah, I was always hit and miss, to be honest. Um, I do remember one particular season, probably when I was 17, 18, after I'd done the um, the training camp for a few years um, and was probably a bit more sensible about it, um, that I did come off in the following, say, you know, eight weeks or so, like the back end of the season, did get PBs in the 800, 1500, 3K. I think even the 1500, I, you know, lowered my PB a couple of times. Um, so I remember I did have a real good run coming off the mountain. Um, but as you said, I did have a few, um, few seasons early on where I did come, um, come back home sort of completely smashed as well. It's all, yeah. it's all a bit of a learning experience and it will be interesting to see the Miles Club meet tomorrow night, um, with some of the athletes who I know have been up there, um, uh, and, you know, maybe come home in the last few days, see how they go. Mm. And then the next one from the guys who have done a big, you know, three to four week stint up there. Um, Zatapec as well, you know, see how that goes for a few of the people who have been up in the mountain. Of course. Versus people who have been down staying at Melbourne as well, because there has been a bit of a split this year. Yeah, no, 100%. That's so true. It's, um, yeah, very hit and miss depending on how well you've trained up there. But uh, I, I think there are a lot of benefits in it. And, yeah, when, the, when those girls and boys get cooking, the ones who have been up there for a couple of weeks now... <laughs> What's the track? You'd have to bring fire extinguishers. The track's going to be so hot. It's going to be unbelievable. I can't wait. Okay, so we'll, we'll switch over to, um, we'll quickly overview. We know these meets were a little while ago, but we do, um, normally we will just review the previous meet um, because this is the first podcast. We'll go back to all the way uh, to early in December 2020 um, when we had our first VMC meet. A little bit different. Um, we're in sections, section uh, five different groups. There were breaks in between. Um, there were marshalling points. Uh, so it ran a little bit differently, but ran o- um, overall quite well. Really cold conditions. Um, so obviously in Melbourne, we tend to 
get a bit of a variation in um, conditions. Sometimes it's boiling hot, other times it's freezing. Um, down at Glen Huntley um, for this VMC meet, it was pretty cold and it got later on in the night um, where a lot of the A races were. I know I'm gonna be testing our memories here, but we'll quickly run through um, some of the, uh, just some of the top performances in the women's um, A and men's A 1500. So um, it was Gigi McAnini um, who took out the women's A 1500, 435.91, ahead of Megan Dixon and Bridget Humphrey in third. Um, and then in the men's A 1500, uh, the last race of the night, if I'm not mistaken, the, uh, it was Cody Shanahan, a great run, 345.06. Um, Adam Spencer, uh, 345.26. Matthew Hussey as well, 345.39. Jeff Risley there um, in fourth. That was his second race for the night. Do you uh, recall much from those nights? I think, Michael, you were commentating? Yeah, I was commentating. I guess the biggest standout, the biggest memory for me, just how much of a novelty it was at that point. Um, just being able to, it, was, it really was pretty fresh. Uh, coming off the whole isolation and restriction thing and just seeing people back on the track and being on the commentary booth and um, although it was, you know, you did have your event blocks and signing in when you entered the venue and all those sort of things, um, which seemed uh, sort of a bit heavy-handed, I guess, it, it, it still was, like, great to get back to racing and it just seemed like something that we, you know, had had been waiting for for so long. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it was a really quick turnaround as well um, before, um, I guess, when the VMC released the, the date of the first meet and, the, and it actually taking place. So there wasn't a lot of... Um, I, I'm sure a few of the athletes were just hanging out, ready, wanting to race, What weren't quite sure uh, when the first race was going to pop up. But, but yeah, this VMC um, came up and it was good to see such strong performances early on. Um, so in the 800s, um, as mentioned before, Jeff Risley took out the men's A um, in 152.42. Um, so I think Tim Crosby um, <laughs> loves to mention he's sort of, he, um, Jeff was one of the first real adopters of the VMC and um, good to see him out. Um, yeah, he raced both the 800s and the 1500s um, in VMC meet one. Luke Major, um, 154.25 and Darcy Pound rounding out the top three in a one. 54.35, so a really close one there. And in the women's, um, it was Claudine, Claudia Hollingsworth um, from uh, with a 206.33, Abby Caldwell in second, 209.27, and Lucinda Rock with a 214.31. So some really close uh, races there. I remember seeing Jeff Risley um, coming from sort of third down the back straight there um, to take out the victory. Um, and he, I guess he knew that he had the 1,500 metres later on that night, so a good performance. Sorry, can, yeah. I, can, can someone just confirm this with me? I'm just reading through these results. I need everyone to know I was moving house this day and I've also been living <laughs> under a rock. Um, Claudia yeah. Hollingsworth, winner of the women's A800 metres, is she born in the year 2005? Would that yeah, make was, her 15 yeah. years old? Correct. I was about to mention this performance because she... Um, beat Abby Coldwell, who we know is world um, world junior athlete, and yeah, beat her by six, uh, three seconds, should I say, three seconds, and yeah, fifteen years old. That um, is phenomenal. Very talented, and haven't uh, I believe she's not one of the um, you know little athletics um, girls who's been in the sport for years and years and years. Um, believe wow. she's uh, in a private school athletics program and yeah it's it's pretty unreal for a 15 year old isn't it that is in that is faster than i was running at 15 that is unbelievable that like what a performance and to come out and win like it's it's one thing to run a fast time also to win a race and then to win it by three seconds and <laughs> then to be 15 like that is just unbelievable the other thing boys now i hope you had a lot of fun with this gg mcanini that is the greatest name I've ever heard. <laughs> Gigi McAnini, you are a superstar. Another three-second victory. That's unbelievable. Look, look. even though it was cold, it looks like there were some unbelievable races going on that night. Apologies for not seeing them. Was moving house. But uh, that looks like a sensational meet. 
I'm just looking forward to the joy that you get from saying Gigi McAnini's name tomorrow night. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. It's going to be like Christmas. <laughs> well, we will continue on because Claudia Hollingsworth did run uh, the second meet as well um, in a faster time, 205.75. So um, it wasn't oh a one-off by, by any means. Which we, which we both knew, of course, Mitch. Yes. Oh, this isn't news to me. I'm just reacting again because it's so amazing. Uh, oh second in that God. race, Jemima Russell. Uh, we'll see her on the start list, I believe, in the 1500 metres um, tomorrow night. Kiara Flaval in third, 216.02. So that's the women's A800 from uh, the last um, or VMC meet two, which was late December. Pouring rain. Um, so another tough, tough conditions. Um, I'm not exactly sure if it was sort of how bad it was at the time of these races, um, but yeah, it was a it was a tough night all round. Um, yeah, and this, this, sorry, so I was about to say this night um, meet two was obviously a night that we had Jared Clifford's um, race as well, like the uh, the world world record for his classification, which was massive. I guess that was the news of the meet meet two. Yeah, definitely a 344.58 for him. Um, Adam Pike um, did a superb job as well in the race. Uh, I think led it for a good chunk and really pushed Jared um, along to get that time, 347.94. Um, and third in that race, Jason Clayton, 349.60. Um, in the women's 1500, um, Abby Caldwell, uh, 413.09. Caitlin Abbott, Abbott. Ooh. 419.55 and your favourite Gigi McAninny uh, 422.75 Gigi uh, now I, I do recall friend of the show Gavin Burren absolute superstar making a massive post about Abby Caldwell and how much of a PB that race was so good to see people at PBing even coming out of COVID I mean obviously it's quite easy and I'm the prime example of that to lose motivation during lockdown so to everybody who's come out and is fit and healthy and running PBs, I take my hat off to you, particularly you, GG McInerney, just because that's such a good name. Um, but it is. I remember watching the race with Jared Clifford and Adam Pike did a lot of the work. It wasn't until about 180 metres to go that Jared really put on those afterburners and putting two and a half, three seconds into somebody in that period of time is mightily impressive. And he just strength to strength i've never heard or seen a more resilient person than jared clifford so you know every time you're on the you know the line with him you're gonna have to bleed to beat him he's just a tough competitor so it's so good to see him get a reward for effort there as well and, and the other thing with that race as well i yeah it's like like you mitch i wasn't at the track i was at my home in the western suburbs of melbourne about 40 minutes away from box hill but I knew that something massive had happened because I could actually hear Nick Wall's voice <laughs> over, over the, from the Box Hill Athletics track 40 minutes away over the, over the bridge of the western suburbs. I could hear him. Um, I'm special had gone down at Vic Myler's club meet too. Yeah. yeah, it would have been decibel records on that microphone, <laughs> I reckon. He's so excited. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, in the men's A 800 metres, Jeff Risley, um, once again, 151.35. Um, Jack Lunn, I, I can't remember when he, his standout, his breakout year. Was it last season or the season before? Last season. Yeah, so he's um, come out of the um, blocks flying again, 152.78. So another one to keep an eye on. Um, and Gene Phillip Sully, uh, 157.65 there in that race. Um, yeah, so another good performances. Jack Lunn, um, one to watch. Jeff Risley. Um, I don't think he's competing um, this uh, tomorrow night um, at VMC. I don't think so. No, I didn't see his name on the list. Jack Lunn and um, Gene Phillip. JP, I believe, for short. JP Sully. Okay, <laughs> I love that. JP Sully, he is competing as well. So there's a few, uh, few boys lining up again to try and run a quick 800 metres coming up tomorrow night, which will be good to see. Should we move on to uh, tomorrow night's meet? Uh, VMC meet three, uh, another big night, another 430-odd uh, competitors. So uh, good to see VMC um, breaking all kinds of records with, um, with the amount of athletes entering. And great to see so many of them, and some unattached as well. So good to see um, people getting involved in VMC and hopefully converting over to um, being a club member as well. We'll quickly go over the schedule of events. So we're going to a pyramid 
um, uh, timetable tomorrow. So 800s and 1500s are on the schedule. So we'll start with the lower grade 800s at 6 p.m. and move all the way through to the A uh, races around seven o'clock um, before we start the A or the top grade uh, 1500s and then work all the way down to the lower grade 1500s at uh, just after 9 p.m. So it's gonna be another solid night, 31 races. Um, so another big night. Um, I hope you guys have your vocal cords warmed up for commentary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's take a look at the races. So it is the, uh, I'll, I'll go first. We'll do the women's A 800 meters. So um, a few names we've already read out today. Um, Madeline Murray uh, goes in with the fastest seed time. Gigi McAnini um, there as well. Brittany hey. Um, good to see Brittany. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still living in ACT. I presume they are. Um, Brittany and James, um, obviously Brittany McGowan, um, married James Kahn um, a few years ago. Abby Caldwell, um, Connor Gist, Claudia Carter, Ashley Tragus, Anna Cassipis as well. Um, so um, a good field there. Youngest, um, Ashley Tragus, 17-year-old um, in the field. So good to see. Um, Ashley um, getting up there into the A race. We've got a New South Wales or a New South Wales ACT competitor in there as well. So should be a, a solid race um, uh, with a lot of the girls as well competing at the previous couple of uh, milers clubs. So um, well raced in. I'm not sure if they would normally do so many races prior to the Christmas, but I, I guess with, with COVID sort of knocking around the, the later half of last season and no, uh, next to no, if no, cross-country um, season. Most people want to get out and race, so um, it should get be a few good performances. Um, yeah, Madeline Murray, fastest seed time there with a, a, around a 2.04, so I'm sure they'll be aiming for that low two-minute mark. Yeah, has Madeline Murray, now, has she run in the other two? I haven't really seen her name pop up, and that may be just because I have not done the greatest job in making sure, but... Madeline Murray, has she run the last two Vic Milers clubs or will this be her first one? Yeah, this will be her first one. So she's actually one of <laughs> You just stuffed up my whole prep. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> my whole sorry. speech. No, that's right. She's one of the only ones that hasn't run um, in the previous couple of Milers clubs. So um, she ran in meet four and five earlier on in the year, um, did a mile in um, 4.41. But the 800, she ran a 2.04.59. So that's similar to the seed time she's going into. So I'm not sure if she's raced. I don't think she has um, raced um, after that 800 metres, sort of the last meet of the VMC meet in Doncaster. Um, early, I think it was in March, um, off the top of my head. Um, yeah, so we'll see how she goes, whether she can get to that form. Gigi McAnini has um, done both races as well, so probably a little bit more uh, race fit at the moment, but should be a good race. Maybe a few Strava time trials in the off-season for Madeline Murray, if there hasn't been an <laughs> official My race to her name. Venture into Strava, maybe for the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't specifically to Madeline, but you know, if anyone hasn't raced um, over the off-season, no doubt there would have been a few, uh, yeah, a few time trials claimed. <laughs> oh, for sure. Strava's where it's all going down. Honestly, this is the greatest form of social media any athlete could have. Now, I'm not going to mention the person's name, but I was at Falls Creek with one of the uh, one of the athletes in our group, and he forgot his watch at home. <laughs> so no Strava, I would have gone home. Or so I had this exact, no I had this exact conversation. Continued with the hardest training period ever without a watch. So how how far down the road would you need to get to turn around or not worry about it? Because my mate had this same question, and I'll give you his answer. Well, if I if I'm 20 minutes down the road, I'm not turning around. Okay, how long are you going? If you're if you're an hour, are you driving back an hour, Lock? Oh uh, yeah, probably. I'd go and buy one. Oh, no I would way. definitely go and buy a watch. My no. my mate got 20 minutes down the road and he did turn around. I said I'd probably go about 30 to 40 minutes. An hour, I I wouldn't wouldn't worry. So, nah. Locke, you're, you're, you're the most um, Strava paid out. I would have stopped it off at Bright, got to a bike shop and bought a watch. No <laughs> way. I got one sent up. Mail's pretty quick these days. <laughs> I would have just guessed. No. Well, that's what he did. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, tag me. Get your um, yeah. training partner to tag you in the, in the workout. Oh, the boys tag me. I was definitely there. <laughs> 100%. Right, moving on. <laughs> uh, I think, Mitch, you're doing the mente. 
800? Yes, I am doing the men's 800, and it's going to be an absolute cracker. As we mentioned earlier, I'll, I'll go through go through the names on the list. We've got Jack Lung, Jacob Reed, Darcy Pound, Felix Lonigan, Riley Bryce, Joel Donner, Mitch Thompson, JP Sully, Patrick Matthews, and James Hatton. So we've got a pretty loaded field. The seed times range from 148 to 157. So... Down the lower end, we've got a few boys who are going to be chasing some quick times. I know Jack Lyon obviously will be trying to, I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, he's chasing the world junior standard. Um, he's, he's still after that. And do we know exactly what that standard is? No, but I'll get it to you by the end of this meet. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, and look, I mean, obviously a lot of these guys have put together some, some great races. Um, not all of them have raced. I know for people like Felix Lonigan, Joel Donner, Riley Bryce, Mitch Thompson, those sort of guys. This will be their first race opening up. So it'll be really interesting to see where they're at coming out of COVID. As I said, a lot of people who come out fit, I take my hat off to you, but there'll be a lot of people still finding their legs under them. They'll be like Bambi on ice tomorrow. It'll be um, interesting to see how they go. But obviously, Jack Lund comes in, 19 years of age. He has one of the fastest times. He's a 149 competitor. There's a lot of guys in this race, though, as well, that come from great 400-meter speed. Now, I wanted to make a one to watch, and it has come coincided with the men's A800 meters. I have a little bit of bias in this because I love this kid. He's an absolute workhorse. He has great 400-meter speed. He's been fourth at the junior nationals before. Darcy the Sheepdog Pound in the men's A800. I reckon he's going to come out and light it up. He's coming from the Stephen Ellinghouse stables. He is one of the gutsiest runners you'll see, the Sheepdog. He usually has his sunnies on, so you can't miss him. I reckon he's going to come out. He's going to topple around that 150 mark, I reckon. There's a big PB in there for Darcy Pound. A few blokes that I love to see, Joel Donner. He does a lot in the VAL. He's a great competitor over that distance, so it'll be good to see what he can put together. He's come in with a 155 time. I reckon he could be a huge sniff for a PB as well. JP Sully. Now, he has raced in a wide plethora of different races. When I was looking through his times, last year he competed in the 100 metres and the 200 metres at AV, dropping a 12.4 and a 25-second 200. So it's safe to say he's got some wheels on him. If he can get moving, I know he's raced a fair bit. He's come in with a 157. He could be knocking on the door for a big PB as well. Mitch Thompson, he won two races at Vic Myler's Club last year, and I believe they were a 3K and a 1,500. So... To be a huge ask, he does have a 149 PB from years ago. Uh, I'm in a fantasy NBA chat with him. So, Mitch Thompson, if you're watching, firstly, accept my trade. And second of all, I hope that you light it up tomorrow night. The other one to watch, I think, with that 400-meter speed that I mentioned, Felix Lonigan. Now, he was a traditionalist 400-meter runner as a junior. He stepped up to the 800. I believe he has a few junior national medals to his name. be interesting to see where he's at. Obviously, 21 years old, 153 times. So, look, it's pretty juicy. This race has a lot of depth to it. And I, I always believe with Vic Myers clubs that the times you put down, you're either going to run a hell of a lot faster or you're going to be a bit slower. It's actually really rare to see people hit the times that they put on the sheet. So if we can get everybody running quick, this will be an absolutely electric A800 metres. So, I, I, look, Darcy Pound, he's my favourite. I love him. I hope he comes out and lights it up, but I just think we could be seeing a World Junior time tomorrow night from Jack Lund, from someone else in the field. It's going to be fantastic. Boys, where are you at with it as well? Give me your rundown. Of the, uh, I think you've given the best rundown possible of the, uh, <laughs> oh, of the 800, but I can, I can help you out with the 1500s if that's... Yes, please. Oh, just before we go, we'll go uh, that, that World Junior uh, is 149.20 as well. So uh, if Jack... Lyons, right, so it uh, 100% could topple tomorrow night. And I presume one of the uh, athletes in this list will be uh, t- uh, um, pacemaking as well. So uh, um, I think Felix did it, um, the VMC meet two. Um, not sure okay. if he'll, he'll do it again, but um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, uh, get a few of those boys around as quick as possible. Jack, um, obviously going. Yeah, well, that. look, it'd be interesting to know what they're gonna they're gonna send them out at. If it is Felix or whoever it is, it'll be great to know whether they're gonna try and keep that even or whether they're gonna try and you know blow out that first lap and see who can hold on from there. Um, obviously, a lot of different ways you can skin a cat, thousand ways you can skin a cat. So we'll see what the boys choose, but. I think it's going to be an absolute banger. So it's going to be great to see them get on the track. 
and let's let's gear it up for the fifteen hundred, Mick. Give me give me some excitement. <laughs> well, here's a bit of excitement. We have the winners from meet one and two, both in this race. So Cody Shanahan and Jared Clifford, as we've uh, mentioned before in previewing the meets one and two. So they are our two top seeds as well at three forty four point one and three forty four point six. Um, they've been racing against each other for years and years as well, so that's going to be a great battle. Throwing Matthew Hussey there, clubmate of Cody Shanahan from the mighty, mighty Western Athletics Club cool. um, at a PB of 3.45. So he came third to uh, to Cody in meet one as well and training partners as well. They know how to uh, train, they know how to run, they know how to race together. So Matt Hussey, is, uh, he's just got a kick that... You can never discount him. If he's in the mix and, um, yeah, has a sniff of the win, he's, he's going to be hard to beat as well. Um, then we go down to Grant Muir from Athletics Chilwell. His, his race, so many miles, clubs, races, his name always pops up, whether it be 800 or 1,500 metres. Um, I reckon he's snagged a couple of wins over the years as well. So Grant Muir, 346 PB there, um, you know, within within seconds of these other boys as well. Christopher Dale, um, I believe he's originally from uh, Western Australia, from memory. So he's Melbourne Uni Athletics Club, which would make sense. Um, 3.47 for Christopher Dale. Um, and he's, yeah, only done one post-COVID race um, this season, which we've uh, got listed on our results. So um, once again, maybe a few Strava time trials in the off-season um, coming in kind of fresh. So he's a bit of an unknown, Christopher Dale. Uh, Alex Gruen, another 347 man from Old Melburnians. Um, Alex, about your age, Mitch? Uh, I believe he might be. The name definitely sounds familiar. Um, yeah. So I think he is around my age level, yeah. So, so I reckon he's been living in the UK for the last few years, but he was a, um, a Melbourne grammar boy all through high school um, and always right at the front of the cross-country races as well for in the APS races. So... He's, um, he's obviously back in Australia at the moment. And, yeah, 347 to his name. Adam Pike. So, as we mentioned him before, um, just behind Jared Clifford, um, just got outkicked in meet two. And only a couple of seconds off the pace of these other boys as well. PB of 347. And fun fact about Adam Pike, we may forget this, but he's actually a um, national 1,500-metre medalist, only second to... Ryan Gregson and Jordan Guzman in the year of the Rio Olympics. So 2016, he came third in the Australian Championships in the 1500. So he's another one. He's still only 25 years old. It's you know a few years ago, but he's quite young when he did that as a um, as an open athlete, a young open athlete. So um, to run through others in the field, we have Sam Williams from Melbourne Uni Athletics Club, 349. Joshua Collins from uh, St Kevin's, 349. Aidan Roberts from Athletics Essendon, 350. Nicholas Baggett from Box Hill, 3.51. Your clubmate or former clubmate, Mitch? Yes. Then we have Lachlan Hurd from Casey Cardinia, 3.52. Douglas Buckridge, another clubmate um, from Box Hill in 3.53. Dougie. Lachlan Dougie. Lachlan Eno, 3.53 as well. He's from Frankston. Nicholas Fiddler. Um, one of the fastest men coming out of Ballarat at the moment. Wendry, so 3.54 for Nick Fiddler. And Will Garbaletto from Sandringham, so 354 next to his name. So 10 seconds separating the field of 16 there. A um, few standouts out the front amongst the young boys in uh, Cody, Shanahan, Jared Clifford, and Matt Hussey. I guess my pick of the lot. Uh, I like Cody's all class, and he's, um, he's been working. Um, he's actually a tradie, so he fits his, fits his athletics is training in around full-time work um, and hasn't really seemed to be a problem for him over the past couple of years because he keeps getting PBs, he keeps improving. And while Adams the others have been up at Falls Creek, mm. say that again, Locke? A bit of Liam Adams-esque. I think he does very similar stuff as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not quite 200 kilometre weeks that Liam might be <laughs> knocking yeah, up every not. now and then. But, <laughs> but he does, um, yeah, he does manage that full-time work and continue to train and improve, so... Um, yeah, I just like the way Cody goes about things. He hasn't been up at Falls Creek, um, which, you know, as we were saying before, it can be a bit hit and miss how you perform coming off the mountain. So we will um, see because I, I did see Matt Hussey. Uh, I did run past Matt um, a few times up at Falls. Um, so it will be good to see 
um, sort of how they, they compare versus the ones that... I know Jared was up. Was it Perisher? Um, Jared was up. Uh, okay. Up, uh, early December. Um, so it'll be interesting to see sort of three different um, training sort of methods for those three boys. We'll see how they go. Yeah, so you saw him, you were running past Matt Hussey. You didn't, you didn't run past him when he was behind DJ Dex up there. I was about to say, DJ Hustog. <laughs> DJ think, Matt um, Hussey. He's found his bliss, DJ Hustog. So I'd be, I'd love to see if he comes off. Look, if we have Dex available tomorrow, if we can get him on there, that'd be fantastic. But Maybe for the pre-show. Yeah, we'll see how we go. But I think you're right. I think Cody, he is class, and he and he literally runs like a racehorse. So we need to get a bit of uh, music for the uh, podcast. We might be able to get Matt to uh, do a, yeah, a bit of an intro Matt. and an outro for us. There we go, Hustog. Hey, if you're listening. You got a job, mate. That'll this will prove whether or not you're listening. No one bring it up with him, and we'll see if he brings it up. <laughs> Take the chances of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are we up to now? We got the uh, the women's A fifteen hundred. Are you going to read through that one, Locke? Yeah, I'll go through this one. So in the women's A, so uh, Georgia Hansen is the fastest seed. Uh, seated athlete there, 4.15, um, all the way through to Sarah Klein for a 4.40. But uh, Bernadette Williams, Katrina Bissett, uh, Megan Dixon, Amy Robinson, Amy Bunnage, Jemima Russell, uh, Bridget Humphrey, Georgia Pers- uh, Georgie Purcell, Emma Hogan, Monique Goldsworthy, Alice uh, Burgin, Isabel Girardi. Um, so a field of 14. Um, some strong performances. Not a lot of 1500s um, being done at the last Milers Club by um, any of the these athletes here. And a couple of uh, Georgia Hansen, um, her last race um, was in March from our research. So hasn't done a race yet this season. So that was the 419.15 at Lakeside Stadium. Um, and Bernadette Williams, um, PB of 413.52. So um, she's got a bit of a slower seed time. Um, down there, so it will be good to see um, though, uh, those two competing at the front. Katrina Bissett as well, a really strong 800-metre runner, um, uh, did her last 800 uh, middle of March as well in 2020, uh, 201.54. So Katrina definitely got a bit of speed on her side, so we'll see if she can sort of uh, get a little bit over that distance. Interesting to see her jump up to the 1,500 as well. Um, whether it's just a, to see how she goes or whether she might be looking to see uh, what she can do in that event. Yeah, and we were saying um, picking our athletes to watch for the meet as well, Locke, and Jemima Russell just piques my interest. She came second at the last meet, 800-metre um, runner typically, and she has been away in um, at University of Southern California, USC, over in the US for the last um, two or three years. So, I mean, at a 4.29 PB or seed time, she's ranked seventh in the field. But um, with a few girls only, I guess, 4.29s as well, I'm not saying she'll win the women's 1500, but it will be an interesting. Um, she'll be interesting to watch and may even, you know, get a top three um, as a seventh seed athlete. So mm-hmm. that'd be my, my athlete to watch for the night. Yeah, great pick. Great pick. And, and it is interesting to see... Obviously, athletes who are over in America, it's a very, very different system, I guess, depending on where you go, obviously. Um, and it's interesting to see whether athletes flourish when they're back in an Australian environment. I imagine Jemima spent a bit of time in Australia, obviously, during COVID. Not a lot of American athletes stayed over there. Oh, sorry, college athletes, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how we're training here. Remotely solo is gone and, and piece it together. So, uh, great pick, Mick. Thanks, Mitch. No we'll, we'll see. We'll see. How <laughs> well, you guys have both done your uh, pick uh, or ones to watch. I'll do. I'll do mine as well. So I picked Douglas Buckridge. Um, so I sort of got to know him a little bit uh, last year through um, umpiring. Um, he does um, umpiring, I think, in the Northern um, League, but has had a fantastic start of this season um, with a three fifty three thirty three PB at um, the first meet of the Milers Club. So. Not the greatest conditions, was really quite cold. Um, I saw him up at Falls Creek, um, ran past him a few times and um, have checked out his Strava and he, he's been doing a fair bit. So I, I, he's my one to watch. Um, a younger kid coming up through the ranks. I think he'll, um, if he continues on, um, which um, no doubt he will, I'm sure he'll be one that will be reading his name out um, long into the future. 
And just quickly, uh, what club does Doug run for? Just mm-hmm. is that I, don't know. I don't have that on my list. <laughs> I think it was, I think it's Box Hill, but I, I can't be one hundred percent sure. But I think it is. But a uh, great pick, great pick. Another man, another boy from the Stephen Ellinghouse stable. So good pick. Approve of that one. So we only had time to review the the sort of the, the top four races, but um, there's often fantastic fantastic races all throughout the night so make sure you are watching um if you can't get down to the track there is a bit of a limit um on that um and if you if you aren't local obviously uh, make sure you tune in those a races are sort of between uh seven o'clock and sort of seven thirty. um so they are squeezed right in the middle so a great sort of half an hour of racing and then sort of the b races and c races around there as well um also fantastic and you do get some really strong performances and a lot of those you sort of the top athletes are trying to in those races are trying to strive to get into the the a events um so you do see some fantastic times um there so it should be a great night of racing yeah absolutely and the thing is in that men's c 800 not a single person has their pb on their seed time underneath two minutes so there could be a lot of blokes there trying to push in to try and break under two minutes for the first time. And that's always exciting. And that always adds a little bit of excitement. Same for a lot of the women's races. Now, I'm not exactly sure what great barrier times are for the women, but there would be so many heats in there where people are trying to knock down times. And, and you're right, get into those faster races. So if you can stay around and keep watching for the ones that run a bit deeper, you see a lot of heart and a lot of passion in those. So can't wait. Honestly, it's going to be grouse. Now, we were talking just prior to this uh, podcast. We did have, uh, we do want to try and get predictions going out for each of the events. A little bit, uh, a bit more uh, fun sort of um, game type stuff. Um, ran a little bit late, but I think you two boys were discussing one prior to, prior to uh, starting this recording. Yeah, well, look, Mick, um, Mick made a great point. Last year, we noticed a lot of these types of um, types of shoes being worn, and so we want to run a little bit of an over-under on, on how many we can spawn of the night. And Mick, do you, want to, do you want to explain it a bit deeper than that? Yeah, yeah. So so we probably all know them as the super shoes, and I, I did mention the Vaporflies, so we're thinking you fought Nike, um, Nike-branded 4% or next percents, maybe even the um, the Zooms. Um and I don't know, are we going to stick with the just purely the Nike um, super shoes or are we just going to go non-spiked shoes? What are you... What you are want you... to get all branded super shoes. Know, maybe we just do stick to Nike. might just be hey, easier for all. <laughs> maybe if we're sponsored by Nike one day down in the future, we can stick to Nike. Yeah. But oh, look, yeah. <laughs> we're not stuck on one brand at the moment. All right, yeah, let's all right. go, let's go all super shoes. shoes. We'll go super shoes. So it could be, could be the Brooks, could be the Asics, could be any of the... Uh, Sockenies, any of the super shoes. Sorry for the other brands that we've missed for all, for all the shoe racks. Yeah, every, every brand, just about as one. And yeah, and I think um, I think Mitch, you were saying that there was going to be over twenty five. So we'll put we'll put your bet at, at the line at twenty four point five and yes, over. Yes, please. And yep. I'll be twenty four point five and under. So yeah, we'll, there, we'll there are so many tonight. warriors out there that wear those shoes, and I can't wait to see them repping them. Um, so much pride in them as well, in the super shoes. Like that just little competitive edge that you think you get in your head. It's going to be a lot. I reckon oh. I've got this one, Mick. I reckon I've got it. I'm feeling yeah. confident. We'll see. Will, will, will the official IAAF regs stop anyone, though? <laughs> just allowing the super shoes on the oh. track. Will, will, will that deter the, the weekend warrior? It really could. I mean, they do their reading, so it really could. It could be – you could be right. You could have read this a lot better than me, actually. Yeah. Anyway, which, well, which wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen. Come on over 24.5. Let's do this. <laughs> and before we wrap it up, uh, what's, what are you most looking forward to uh, tomorrow night? Um, Mitch, we'll start with you. Well, boys, you're going to hate this one. And fair enough. I can understand why. Tomorrow night – for the first time in a long time, we are going to re-establish Box Hill Track as the home of PBs, the greatest <laughs> track in Victoria. It's going to be unbelievable. The scenes are going to be electric. The times are going to be fast. The commentary is going to be hot. The snags are going to be flying. It's going to be unbelievable. What we're going to see, the highlight, is just going to be how good Box Hill Athletics Track is. It's going to be unbelievable. Home of PBs. Stewie McSween, Australian record there, which he doesn't quite have now. I understand that. We still did it there. So, so hi- look, that's going to be the highlight for me. Mick, t- try and top that idea. 
No, I don't know if I can. And that's the thing as well. Now it's the home of two Australian records since we really did did most of the last Milers Club season as well with with the last Adepec and uh, and Jared Clifford's record as well. So um, no, nah, it will be good to get back to uh, back to our commentary um, grandstand in at Fox Hill. Um, and yeah, as we're reading out the names of people racing tomorrow night um, and seeing how people are going to turn up from Falls Creek training camps. Um, yeah, it's just a night little with highlights. What about you, Lock? Um, I'm just excited to see, hopefully, some good weather uh, so we can see as many people <laughs> back out on the track uh, as well. So one of the great things about Box Hill is uh, obviously the, going down the back straight and you're sort of the, the spectators are right-lined um, across the track. Um, or not across the track, but just right on the edge. Um, so hopefully we can see that. We've sort of been turned away from it the last couple of meets with being pretty cold and, and wet and miserable. But um, hopefully with, um, fingers crossed, sort of the main part of COVID behind us and we can get a, a strong showing of all our athletes. A lot of them have come back down off sort of big training, training programs and we'll be getting gearing up for the sort of the, the track season, the later half of the track season. Um, even though we haven't had too much of it. So uh, really looking forward to that. Um, so we will wrap it up there. Um, once again, we are going to be uh, doing the live stream um, through Athletics Exclusives channels. Um, so Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. Um, so do make sure you tune in. If you can't get down to uh, the Box Hill uh, Athletics track, Hagen Hour Reserve, we do that many events there. I actually Googled last time how to pronounce um, the Love track that. name. So I think I'm getting it right. That's what Google said. Uh, the stream coverage starts at 5.50 um, with races beginning at 6 p.m. Um, we're also, as well, we'll do a little bit, we are covering at, through Athletics Exclusive the 5K Frenzy, um, which will be... On, at Bendigo on uh, Friday night. Um, a few uh, top athletes um, competing there. So that will be a great night of competition. Something a little bit different. Um, so do tune in for that. I think Andy Buchanan is the fastest seed, seeded athlete there. So a local Bendigo um, athlete. We are also doing the Victorian Athletic League um, Frankston gift on Saturday. So three massive days of athletics starting uh, tomorrow or well, probably today uh, by the time this podcast drops. Um, at Box Hill. Um, do leave us any feedback on the first show. Let us know if you do think um, we should cover any events um, or things we should talk about on the show. I do want to thank um, the presenters, co-presenters, uh, Mitch Dyer, Michael Massini. Uh, thanks for jumping on such sort of short notice. Um, it's fantastic. Um, and hopefully we can get James Coleman on as well on the next episode just prior to meet four. Um, of the Milers Club. Um, do subscribe. Um, we do want to try and release these quite regularly. Um, so do subscribe. Um, give us a listen. Let us know how you went. But I think that's it. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks very much, boys. Sensational. Thanks for that, Locke. Thanks for that, Mick. Unbelievable. Let's uh, let's get it going tomorrow night. Unreal. I can't wait. Won't be able to sleep now. Bloody hell. <laughs> Thanks, guys. DJ See you at the track. Yeah, DJ Hustog. <laughs> okay. See you at the track. See you there.